Well, good morning to all of you again, and uh, welcome back. And I'd like to once again welcome uh, our sister Zhu into the family of God, and welcome uh, Cecilia, Gretel, and Mazam as well for placing their membership with us. And uh, let's work together for the Lord's glory and uh, welcome you all again. Uh, we look forward to Mark one day becoming one of us as well. And I'm sure that uh, the time will come by God's grace. Uh, welcome Adonna back as well, and uh, it's so good to see you again. I hope that you're feeling better now with your, with your, with your headache. Uh, last week I know that you were having some headaches. hope that things will get better. Okay, uh, so uh, we, we're coming to towards the end of the year now. It's December. Time flies, isn't it? You know, when you look at it, I still remember the uh, beginning of 2021, and now it's December 2021. Christmas is around the corner as well, so you know that we know that when Christmas comes, and uh, there'll be a lot of Dinings and eating and uh, you know people out of the world be drinking and having their partying, and I I, th- I thought that maybe that uh, this is the time the year would be appropriate for us to uh, think something spend some time thinking about food, and so I thought that uh, I just want to raise the subject of gluttony here. <laughs> I know uh, gluttony is a is a, is a very interesting uh, subject itself. That I thought that I want to raise a, a study on the subject itself. But before you jump into the conclusion, thinking that oh Sunny, there you go, Sunny is trying to bring us on a guilt trip. Uh, you know, to, to make us feel guilty about eating a lot of food. Uh, that, that's not my intention and purpose here. So if you want to eat a lot of food, uh, by all means do so. And uh, don't forget to invite me along and carry us along as well. If you want to do that, I will be happy to, to, to join in and eat with you as well. So, but uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is basically is, is, to, is to think in terms of uh, the subject of gluttony. Uh, usually gluttony is the subject where we always associate with food and drinks, isn't it? You know, when we talk about glutton or gluttony, uh, we, we, talk, we, we have this image of a very fat person on the table full of food and he, he stuffed his face with, with food. And that, that is the kind of impression we, we get uh, with, with, with the subject of gluttony itself. But the question is that, is this an accurate description of gluttony? So I thought that there's something that for us to think about, is it? So let's look at how the world defines gluttony. Okay? Uh, Wikipedia uh, has got a definition there. In your notes, you can see that. Wikipedia defines gluttony. It, uh, it says that gluttony uh, de- is derived from the Latin word glutear, uh, meaning to gulp up or swallow, means overindulgence or overconsumption of food, drink, and wealth items to the point of extravagance or waste. <coughs> so Merriman uh, Matt Webster's uh, dictionary says this: a glutton is one who is given habitually to greedy and voracious eating and drinking. So the word voracious means basically means that someone who has a huge appetite, ravenous, makes you keep eating, you know, uh, so he stuffs himself with things. So that, that, that is the, the word voracious. Uh, and synony- there, there are synonyms that are used to replace the word gluttony. But, uh, you know, things like words like greed, uh, evariance, gorge, uh, epicure, cramp, stuff, guzzle. These are some of the words that are used to describe, uh, to actually a synony- synonymous to the word gluttony itself. So when you look at the, how the world look at the, word, uh, the, the concept of gluttony from the etymology, the origin of the word itself, you, 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 you often find that gluttony is a concept that is closely associated and connected with the excessive abuse of food and drinks as well, and wealth items as the def- definition goes there. So it's because how the world looks at the idea of gluttony. So we, are, we won't be surprised that people usually identify gluttony with a big table or pool of food and drinks. Uh, and that also that uh, it associates somebody who is maybe very fat with a huge waistline uh, sitting down there and, 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 and gorging himself with food. So that's how uh, you know, the world looks at the, the, the idea of gluttony itself. Uh, according to a website which I 
I've seen. Uh, the, uh, it's called the BibleStudyTools.com. Now, this, this website defines the sin of gluttony uh, as idolatry, uh, where it says that it is a choice to self-love, comfort, and control through food. So I've given you the link there if you want to have a, uh, have, have a visit on it and, see, uh, and look for the, the definition itself. So that's how people look at glu- uh, gluttony. How, that's how we look at gluttony. But does the Bible define gluttony in the same way as we define it? I thought that is something that it w- would be interesting for us to think about. Um, the word glutton, in, su- in, the trans- in some translation itself, uh, King James Version well, use, uses the word glutton there, uh, it's, it, it's, it's usually di- translated from a Hebrew word, which is uh, zaulah. Uh, the word zaulah in the Hebrew uh, li- it means, literally means to shake, something that shakes in the wind. You know, when you see strong wind, you see the, t- the trees shaking. That is how the Hebrew word describes the, the, the word the zaulah. Or something to quake, like when you have an earthquake, things are moving and shaking. So it, 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 def- it defines that in a literal sense. But of course, figurative, figuratively as well, that uh, it has been used to, to describe somebody who has got a loose moral. You know, somebody who is, uh, you know, loose, has loose moral values. Or something that's worthless or prodigal. Or this is where the, you know, it gets the idea of a, a glutton or a riotous eater. Or some, it has been used to, de- uh, to describe something as vile as well. So from this Hebrew word itself, you can see that the Hebrew word gives us an idea of the, the, the word glutton or gluttony itself. It has got the idea of something that's shaking, something that's quaking, you know, and, and it has got the, you know, it, it's, it's used figuratively to, dis- to, to describe something that is loose morally, somebody who has got very low moral values, you know, or something that's worthless or prodigal in a sense. So this is, this is how the word, uh, uh, the, the Hebrew word, uh, it's been translated as glutton there in the Bible. And this word has only been used five times in the Old Testament. Let you know that. Let's, let's see how the, the Old Testament uses this word here. Yeah? So um, Deuteronomy 21 is the first example there. In Deuteronomy 21, we, we read from verse 18 down to 21, where Moses' law says this. Deuteronomy 18, 21, where Moses' law says this. Moses said that, if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when they have chastened him, will not heed them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out, of the, bring him out to the elders of his city, to the gate of his city. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton, yeah, and a drunkard. Then all, all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. So from this passage itself, you see the connection of the word glutton there. It, it has connection to someone who is stubborn, somebody who is rebellious, somebody who is disobedient to his parent, you know, his parents, and refuse to take heed to their advice. And it also refers to something about excessive consumption of intoxicating drinks and evil. So it carries this idea. Yeah? It paints this picture of a glutton. So in other words, from this description itself that we derive the idea that the word glutton has been used to describe certain evil attitudes and habits. Yeah? So it's used to describe evil attitudes and habits. So that's the first use there in the Old Testament. The second passage is found in the Proverbs 20, 22. 23, Proverbs 23, verses 20 to 21, where uh, the wise man said this, Do not 
mixed with wine bibers or with gluttonous, that's the word, gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. So from this verse, we find that there is a connection to drinking companions, excessive consumption of food, drowsiness or drunkenness, and then there is resulting poverty as well. So when you look at this, this passage itself, so it gives us a description of a glutton being described as a lifestyle with destructive consequences. So you can derive the principles from there, yeah? the principle of a lifestyle with destructive consequences. So there's the three uh, you know, usage there already, three examples. And then one, one more here is in Jeremiah 15, verses, verse 19, where Jeremiah writes that he said, Therefore, thus says the Lord, If you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take out the precious from the vile, this is the word, the vile, vile, the word vile, you shall be as my mouth. Let them return to you, and you must not return to them. So here, instead of the word being translated as glutton, the translators translate this word as vile. You see? So the, 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 again, the, this word uh, glutton has a connection to something that is vile. When you say something is vile, something is, uh, is disgusting, isn't it? Uh, something that has uh, no value in it. Where some commentators tell us that this is the word uh, where it paints this picture. It, you can imagine uh, in those ancient days, the smelting of precious metals. You know when you, when you dig up like an ore of uh, maybe a metal or something, or gold or silver, which is all mixed up with all the dirt and mud and everything. So they put in a, on, on a strong heat, isn't it? They burn it until, they, until the gold or silver melts. And then the, the dross, the dirt will float on top of it. And then they will scoop the dirt away. So the dross, whatever is left and separated from the precious metal in the smelting process, that is the vile stuff, which this word describes. Uh, is used to describe here. So in other words, from here we derive the principle that, uh, that a vowel item is something that has got zero value. Something that has got no value is worthless or something that's disgusting. So that is how the, uh, this word is used. And the final time it's been used is found in Lamentations uh, chapter 1 verses il- verse 11 where the, where the scripture says this, All her people sigh, they seek bread, they have given their valuables for food to re- restore life. See, O Lord, and consider, for I am scorned. For I am scorned. The word scorned, uh, that's the word that's being used there. To be, to, to be scorned is to be mocked at, to be, to be uh, viewed with disdain, or to be treated with contempt and despise. So this is also the, how the word is being used to, again, that to describe something that has been rejected, like rubbish. The, 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 the lamentation saying that for I am scorned, I have been rejected, I have been mocked, that I have been treated with, you know, as rubbish by people. So this is how you see that the, the concept of glutton in the Old Testament is just not about food, isn't it? There has got some other concepts behind it as well. Yeah, so, this, the, the, so I thought that's interesting to raise the issue itself. In the New Testament, when it comes to the New Testament, the New Testament uh, you know, just does not directly describe uh, or use the word glutton itself, but it uses some other concepts to paint that picture of a glutton. Yeah. So that the the there the, are two words, or basically that the two words that that the New Testament uses to describe a glutton. So the first word is actually from the Greek word that phagos, 
uh, a ghost comes from this root fargo, which, uh, which means to eat or to consume food. So that's the word itself that's being used. Uh, Matthew and Luke in the gospel, they use this word once each time. So for example, in, the, in, in, the, in Matthew 11, 19, where, where the scripture says this, the son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton, a wine biber, and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So Fargos is being used here, you know, to, in a sense, to, to, to refer to a glutton who is connected again with the idea of food and drinks and bad company, which we have seen earlier in the Old Testament. So again, in the New Testament, you see this concept of gluttony being connected to bad companionship as well. Titus is the one, uh, the one that, uh, that the, 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 the next word in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament that is used to describe a glutton there. Uh, in Titus 1 verse 12, where it says this, One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. So, but this word glutton here comes from the Greek word gasta, where Thayer's, uh, Thayer's uh, def- definition tells us the word gasta refers to the belly, the stomach, the womb, you know, or a glutton, or a man who is, uh, who is as, as it were all stomach, it means the man who lives by his stomach, it means who, 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 who only lives to eat. Uh, that, that's, that's where the word gasta came from. And this is where that we get the English word uh, gastronomy. Uh, gastronomy uh, it refers to the art of good eating. Somebody who enjoys good food, you know, who go around eating good food. So he, he, he specialized in the art of gastronomy. So that's how the English word used there. So in, but in the Greek language itself, in the New Testament, the word literally refers to the stomach, your, 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 your stomach there. And of course, that the, the figurative use of it is to refer to appetite or somebody who eats excessively and hence a glutton. So in, in that sense. That's why Paul said that the, glut, the, the, the Christians, those who are at Crete, those in Crete, they, they are lazy gluttons. The reason is because that they say that the, the, the Cretans actually hated work, but they love to eat. They don't like to work, but they like to eat. And hence, that's why that they are very self-indulging, very greedy, very lustful, and overfed. So it, it, it creates that impression itself. And this word, gaster, has been used in the New Testament at least nine times. And what is interesting is that of the nine times, Eight times has been used to refer to the womb of a pregnant woman. Okay? So eight times is used, has been used to refer to the womb of a pregnant woman. The only time gaster was used in relation to a man is in Titus 1, which you have seen earlier, Titus 1.12, where it refers to the, someone who lives by his stomach. That means that somebody who eats to live, somebody who has a physical appetite. So from this itself, it, dis- it gives us an idea that this, wo- this word in the Greek language here uh, identifies it with a man who has an excessively huge appetite for food. So this is how the, you know, that you, we find the descriptions of gluttony in the Old and New Testament itself. So remember in the beginning we, we talked about our thinking of gluttony. When we, think of, when we think of gluttony, we think of somebody who eats a lot. Someone who is very fat isn't it? Uh, and eats a lot as well. So when we look at all these passages, it seems to confirm our suspicion, isn't it? That gluttony is actually to do with somebody who eats a lot. You know, it's to do with the consumption of food in an excessive manner, bad company and waste as well. You see, so in other words, that this word gluttony paints the general picture of somebody who is a partying man, somebody who likes partying and eat, 
uh, you know, who likes to eat and who is profligate, as they call it. You know, like the prodigal son, who would enjoy, you know, his bad companionship and eating and drinking all the time. Riotous living, and that's what we call that. So that's how uh, gluttony is being described and defined. Uh, when you find a lot of material on gluttony, this is the general impression you get from the internet. That gluttony relates to bad companionship, wasteful eating and drinking, and, and so on and so forth. So, but the question to me is this, when I was looking at this, I, I was asking the question, is this a right understanding of what gluttony actually is? So that's the big question we need to ask ourselves. Eh? What actually is the sin of gluttony? Because the Bible condemns gluttony as a sin. What is actually gluttony? So I think this is where the, the, the study becomes very interesting there. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking about gluttony in terms of all those ideas and pictures we have painted earlier. But we need, what we need to do is that we actually need to spend more time thinking about what this word actually meant. Okay? What it is, but what it actually meant. And this is where that we need to focus on, uh, you know, rightly in order to have a proper understanding of what gluttony is. The reason is because that people tend to focus on the illustrations from the Bible. People tend to look at the illustrations to draw their conclusion on the sin of gluttony itself. You see? But I don't think we should be looking just at the illustrations, but we need to look at the inherent cause behind the sin. You know, the sin itself is, is defined, but what is the cause behind the sin of gluttony? You see, people draw the wrong conclusion when they only look at the illustrations and say, ah, gluttony is to do with excessive eating and a fat man. Instead of focusing on the problem behind it. What is the problem behind it? Right, once we understand the problem behind it, I think that it helps us understand the sin of gluttony better. In John 6, uh, you know, we have an example of excessive food and waste, in that sense you would call it. Uh, you know, like remember we talked about gluttony? Gluttony is about excessive food eating and waste. So John 6 has an example of this, and let's see what it says here. John 6, 11 uh, to 13, where G the scripture says this, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them, distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled the twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. So in this account of the miracle of Jesus feeding the thousands there, you know, we see that there were a lot of fish, a lot of food for the people to eat. They ate as much as they could eat. And then when the people had eaten enough, or more than enough, there were 12 baskets of leftovers. So let's think about this. If gluttony is just about excessive eating and waste, then Jesus would have been guilty of gluttony. You know, causing people to become gluttons by the excessive eating itself. But when we look at the New Testament in this passage here, you know, the New Testament does not condemn Jesus for providing all this fish and, and, and bread for the people. Why? You see? Why? Could it be that gluttony is just not about food and drinks? Could it be that gluttony is more than what, what we know? You see? And also, there's another interesting question we need to ask ourselves is this, is it? That how is it that in the New Testament, uh, you know, that, well, the Old Testament talks about glutton, the New Testament equivalent of sin of gluttony 
when the Greek Testament of talks about gluttony, it only talks about three times. Why only three times? Well, we know that the sin of gluttony is, is, is a, has serious consequences under Moses' law, isn't it? You know, like the, 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 the rebellious son who is a glutton who is stoned to death. Gluttony is a very serious sin under Moses' law. But why is it that in the New Testament it's not emphasized more than three times? Why only three times? You see? But of course, that the, you know, that the direct reference to gluttony, as we can see from the Old New Testament, there were only three times, but there were other connected ideas yeah, being described that is connected to gluttony itself by the New Testament as well. And I think that is worth our, 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 our taking of note there. First uh, Peter 4, uh, verses 1 to 4, that Peter writes that he said this, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for, for the lust of men, for, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walk in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, reveries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to this, they think it's strange that you, should, you do not run with them in the same food of flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. So when you look at this passage, Peter listed some sins of the flesh here. You got lewdness. The word lewdness refers to unbridled lust, shamelessness, and excessive of uh, excesses of all kinds. You know, one of it, the description is basically like for them, like ladies, you know, who dress scantily. You know, they are they are unashamed. Uh, they are not modest. Uh, so that is that is lewdness, or that, that they will do certain actions that are, that that is very suggestive. In uh, that that is also lewdness. Lust. We know what lust is. Lust is ungodly sexual desires. Drunkenness. The drunkenness refers to the drinking or intoxication, intoxicating drinks. Reveries. Reveries is the partying, the carnival type of celebration with music, dancing and drinking. And then you got the word drinking party there. The drinking word, the word drinking party is very interesting. Uh, it's, it's a word that refers to the, uh, the event, yeah? Where somebody organized an event just to drink, you know? That's a drinking party. Without referring to the drink itself, but it's, it's the event itself. So uh, he's not talking about whether there's drunkenness about the event that those who go to to those events drink, they call them drinking parties, and of course that finally the abominable idolatries, which is the worship of idols. So from this list that Peter has given us here, we get some idea of how the New Testament expressed gluttony in a different form. You know where there there, there is we find sins of sinful excesses, is the excessive sins that uh, that that uh, Peter talks about there. He, he, he never used the word gluttony, but he described them in different ways. The excessive uh, sinful living. So you can see that the New Testament may not use the word, but they, they describe it in a different manner. Yeah, using different pictures there. Paul in Philippians 3, uh, verse 18 and 19, has this to say. He said that for many walk of whom I, to I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, the stomach, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. So here, uh, we, we find uh, you know, Paul talking about the belly. Okay, so bear that in mind. In Romans 16, verse 17 and 18, 
that Paul again has got a similar concept being painted there, where he says in Romans 16, 17, he said, Now I urge you, brethren, not those who cause divisions and offences, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them, for those who are of such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. So again here, in these two passages, you find Paul talking about uh, the belly, the stomach. He said, those who live by their belly, uh, they are the enemies of the cross. They cause division in the church. And that the church should watch out for them, mark and withdraw from them. And Paul said that these are the people who worship their bellies. In other words, Paul is saying that these people have got huge physical appetite. Yeah? They live by their appetite, like a glutton. You know, we got a picture of a glutton who lives on, on, by, by his stomach. So a very similar picture being painted there. But that, of course, that here, it also tells us the principle of those who will live by their physical desires instead of by the word of God. So it paints that, that, the, the principle there. Yes, we, we know that we have seen all these passages in the Old and New Testament you know, showing us the connection with, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to gluttony itself. But when it comes to food, the New Testament has a certain view about food and the eating of food itself. Now Paul in 1 Corinthians 8, uh, verse, verses 8 and 9, that Paul tells us this. He said that, But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. Although that this is a passage that talks about food offered to idols, the eating of food offered to idols, but there is still a principle concerning food there. The principle is that Paul looked at food as a matter of non-salvation issue. Food has got nothing to do with our salvation unless that the, the eating of it causes someone to stumble, which in the case of eating food offered to idols here in the context there. So Paul is saying that, well, if you want to eat food, eat food. You know, when you eat it, you're not any better. It's not going to take you to heaven just because you eat food. If you don't eat it, it's not going to condemn you to hell. So it's a non-salvation issue, yeah, when it comes to food. So, yes, but somebody might say that, yeah, food may not be a salvation issue, but if we eat, we, if we overeat, if we eat excessively, uh, that becomes sinful because there's gluttony. And then, you know, that if you, if you waste food as well, it becomes sinful as well. That, that, that's quite true. That's quite true. You know, that overeating can be, can be sinful. Wasting food can be sinful. But if somebody can eat all of it, and there's no waste, it can't be sinful, isn't it? I know that some, some people that have got huge appetites, you know, I remember that uh, we, have a, we have a sister we, we used to, uh, who used to live with us many years back, you know, carries a member Sherry. You know, her husband came from China, we, you know, he, he got his visa to come over. So when they arrived, we brought him to a buffet, uh, a buffet, Chinese buffet. And uh, boy, uh, that man could eat. You know, uh, I think he went about five or six times in a, a plate full of food. You know, I thought that after one or twice, I thought that he had enough. And he, he went about five, six times and he would really eat. But he was very thin and very tall. Uh, but he never wastes food. He would eat the whole lot. So well, you can't say that he's sin, isn't it? Because, uh, he, he, he eats a lot. But, well, he never wastes food as well. And also when Jesus, we look at the miracle of Jesus, how he provided a, a lot of fish and a lot of bread for the people to eat. People over ate and there was leftovers. We wouldn't say that Jesus wastes food. So, and 
So it seems to suggest that gluttony is not just about food and drinks, not about waste of food. So we need to, there's something else to it that I think we need to think about. And then we also see that, you, know, you remember in the parable of the rich fool, uh, in, 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 the, in the gospel account, that this rich fool was enjoying his meals and he was building bigger barns to store his grains. And he, 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 he ate a lot as well, he enjoyed his food. But if you notice that when Jesus condemned the rich fool, uh, the, the Lord did not condemn him for his excessive eating habits, but for his lack of consideration for his own eternity. Isn't it? The, the Lord said that, well, you think that you, will, you, will, you can build more barns in the future? You're not going to survive even tonight. You're going to die tomorrow. So, you know, that his, his condemnation was because that he failed to think of his eternal future. So in, in, in that parable itself. And also in the story of Lazarus, remember the beggar Lazarus and the rich man? The rich man was eating his food, Lazarus was the beggar sitting on, on, the, on the ground, eating from all the crumbs that was fo- had fallen from, from the rich man's table. But yet the scripture did not condemn the rich man for his gluttony, but for his failure to take into consideration the needs of his brethren. You see? So all these, all these, all these ex- cases and examples suggest to us that Gluttony is just not about food and drinks. It's more than food and drinks. And if this is the case, could it be this, that could it be that that's why that the New Testament does not, you know, uh, repeat the similar picture of the fat man gorging on food in the New Testament? Or could it be also that we have misunderstood the true meaning of the sin of gluttony? I think that we have a mis- uh, we have mi- a mistaken view of this of this <laughs> sin itself. I think that the, the reason why we have a mistaken view of what gluttony is, according to the Bible, is because we have been looking at the wrong places for answers. You see? We have been focusing our, our attention on the biblical pictures of this sin. The picture of food and drinks and bad companionship and waste. I think that that's not where we should be looking for answers in those illustrations on, its, on their own by themselves. But rather, we need to look at the meaning of the word. What does the word tell us about this sin? And then help us understand from the pictures of the sin itself. So I, I, we mentioned again that uh, earlier, if you remember the Hebrew word zawla, uh, which was the word that the, New Testament, uh, the Old Testament uses, uh, which is translated as, as glutton. So remember the, word, the Hebrew word for glutton in the Old Testament refers to the idea of something that's shaking. Is it something that's quaking? The literal meaning itself, and then of course that figurative is used to describe someone who has got a loose moral value, or who is worthless or prodigal. So I think that the idea of gluttony can be seen in the literal meaning of this word, uh, in the in this Hebrew word, which is the idea of something shaking and quaking in the wind. So things that shake, and vibrate or or, or quake tells us in that, that they are not actually firmly fixed. That's why they, 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 they move. Yeah? You know, if, if, you see, if you see, like, you know, sometimes you watch in the news where there's a hurricane blowing, a strong wind blowing, and some of the road signs are shaking. You know, but other, like buildings, buildings do not move because they are firmly rooted in the ground. But the smaller items, they are not firmly, firm, firmly you know, uh, fixed to the ground. They, they shake, they bend. So, so it, I think that this is where that the word, the literal word itself, gives us this picture of a man who is a glutton, is someone who has lost that character of firmness and self-control. You take it for, you, we take this idea from the literal meaning of the word, to shake. 
somebody who is not firm, he has lost that self-control and firmness, so that he is being carried away by you know, some other forces. Where these forces could include food, it could include drinks, it could include uh, you know, uh, bad companionship. So here, that from the meaning of this word itself, it tells us, you see, that the, the man who is a glutton is someone whose mind and life's values are not affixed and grounded firmly in the, on the solid foundation of God's word. I think that is, it paints that picture. And that's why that he is shaking and moving and wavering according to the whims and fancies of his own fleshly lust and desires. So you get this basic idea see, of somebody who is not firm in, in his values of life. He moves along, sways along, which, whatever that he feels like doing. So that when you, when you, once we understand the basic picture of this word glutton from the Hebrew passage, the word itself, then when, you look, when we look at those references to the food, the drinks, the bad companionship, we can understand that those references are actually illustrations of this basic picture of somebody who is not firm. In other words, it actually illustrates the picture of somebody who has lost self-control. You know, he lost control of himself. So I think this is where we should be deriving our understanding of what gluttony is. Not from the illustrations alone, but to understand the meaning of the word which has been exemplified by the illustrations. You see? The picture is what? The illustrations give us the, a physical picture of a spiritual condition. You see? The picture is not the gluttony. The condition is the, the spiritual condition is that sin of gluttony itself. So I think that once we understand it this way, it helps us understand what gluttony is. It is, it is about someone who lives a life of excesses and abuses the material blessings that he has because his mind is not stable. You see? His mind is not stable, not rooted in the word of God. He swings along, shakes along, you know, quakes along the desires. And that is what I think the, 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 the scripture is trying to teach us about the mindset of a glutton. Don't look at his, just his behavior alone. Look at his mindset. The mindset tells you the sin. So in other words, that a true glutton by biblical definition is someone who has been shaken loose by the material things of this world, where he's shaken away from God and, you know, and his word and his love for God. So he's somebody who is trying to shake himself off the protective hand of God. He is like what Moses' law said about the rebellious son. He is rebellious, he is disobedient, he has shut his ears and heart to the call of God. You see, he has lost self-control and self-restraint. And he's a glutton. Remember what Moses' law said about the son, the rebellious son? The parents said that he has lost control. He's very rebellious. He refused to listen. And the parents call him a glutton. That was in Deuteronomy 21, 20. So, in, the, in that law of Moses about the rebellious son, who, whom the parents call him a glutton, and if you compare that, that law with our conventional picture of a glutton, a conventional picture of a glutton is what? Somebody eats a lot. Yeah? 
somebody who has got bad companion, uh, co company and he eats and he parties all the time. And if gluttony is just about the excessive consumption of food and bad companies, that means that this law of Moses that we have seen about the rebellious son would only apply to the wealthy families. Why? Because only the rich could afford food and drinks. Surely that Moses' law here is not applicable just to the rich families. It applies across the board to the poor families as well. So you have got rich sons who are rebellious. You have got poor sons who are equally rebellious, isn't it? So that, shows, that tells <coughs> us, you see, that the idea of gluttony is just not about food. Because a glutton could come from a poor family where they have got no, they have got no excesses, excessive food to eat. So this gives, this gives us an idea, see, that from Moses' law itself, that gluttony, the sin of gluttony, is just not about food and drinks. It is about the mindset, the thinking of somebody who is rebellious. So that is the first hint from the scripture about what gluttony is. It is the shaking loose from God's authority in rebellion. That is, that is also the thinking of the New Testament. You know that similarly, that it paints the same picture of somebody who shakes himself off the authority of God. Second Timothy 2 verse, verses 24 to 26, where Paul writes there, he said, And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach patient, in humility correcting those who are in opposition. Now, Paul is talking about the rebellious, yeah? That, the, that a, a Christian should be able to teach those who are rebellious. And he goes on and he says that if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, and verse 26 says, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. So here Paul in this passage talks about those who are in rebellion against God, those who are opposing God. You know, in other words, when you read this passage, it suggests the idea that those who oppose God and who are in rebellion, they have lost their minds. They are mad to rebel, to rebel against God. So and that's why that this passage says that when, when the servant of God teaches the, the rebel and brings him back to, his, to, to repentance, he's actually bringing him back to, his, to their senses. That Paul said in verse 26, that they may come to their senses. In other words, the word suggests that, that you, when you convert a sinner from the error of his ways, you are actually bringing him back to soberness. That means he, when, the, when a sinner sins, he is like a, somebody who is drunk, who doesn't have control of himself, who doesn't know what he's doing. He's in rebellion, he's mad, he's crazy to do that. So when he calls back to God in repentance, he regains his soberness. So the idea here that depicts someone who has lost his mind when he goes into opposition mode against God, he has the similar mindset of a glutton. Somebody has shaken loose. And the Old Testament talks about he has lost it. He's fallen into evil. Just like a glutton who has done that. So these pictures that the Bible has painted for us of gluttony, you know, bear in mind the pictures we've seen, they are at best the physical pictures of a set spiritual state of mind. Okay? Because that there's no way to, dis to, to describe a glutton other than to paint a picture for us to see. I think that the problem for us is that we focus so much on the pictures and derive our understanding of gluttony through the pictures instead of looking for the spiritual condition which, is, which the scripture describes for us here. So as, as we close here, let's remember this. Gluttony is just not about food and drinks. Okay? In fact, it has nothing to do with food and drinks. It has to do with one's mindset. Somebody's mind 
who has broken loose and has shaken himself away from the authority of God, where he's carried away by every wind of evil and sin. The gluttony is about somebody who has lost self-discipline and self-restraint. Somebody who has, who has been led by his fleshly desires and his lust. And this is where that it leads him to every form of sin and evil, including the eating bits, the drinking bits, the parting bits, and the back companion bits. So these are only the pictures of that state of, uh, uh, state of mind. So this is where when a man who has shaken himself loose from the, from, from, the, from the word of God and the authority of God, he becomes unstable. He shakes and he becomes shaky in his life without God. That's what the Hebrew word implies, to shake. So the New Testament paints the picture, isn't it, of somebody who has lost his senses when he rebelled against God. And this is the picture of a glutton. So what we can glean from these teachings is that a glutton, by biblical definition, is a man who is out of self-control and out of his mind, if, that's how, if you want a, a biblical definition of it. So that is true that excessive overeating can lead to long-term health issues. We know that, isn't it? And, and weight problems as well. But again, that all this, all this eating and, and excessive eating, they are only the physical consequences, isn't it, of a habit. Yes, they affect our service to God. If we are sick, you know, and uh, then of course we can't serve God. If we overeat, we are so sick, and we can't, we can't serve God, then that is bad. But this is not gluttony, you see. So it's not gluttony. Gluttony is the state of mind. It's the spiritual condition of somebody who, is, who has lost his mind. You see, and is in, re in rebellion against God. So th that's where that, uh, the, the, the idea is from. So, but if food or our eating habit is that something which we find comfort in instead of in God, then you can become a glutton. You, see, you can become a glutton in that sense. You don't have to eat a lot to be a glutton because that your, your source of strength and, and, and stability is not in God. Your source is in the food. You see, you shake yourself loose from God to find stability in food or in drinks or in career or in whatever it is or in a hobby to find comfort in your life. You, are, you, are, you can be a glutton in that sense. You don't have to have a huge amount of food around to be a glutton. Having said that itself, that means that you can be skinny, healthy and fit and yet be a glutton. Interesting, isn't it? Because gluttony is not about the food, it's not about being fat. It's about the sin and condition of the heart. Is it? So it means that one can be a lean, fit, healthy glutton. Even though if you have a healthy diet, you can eat healthily and you can still be a glutton by that biblical definition if your stability and your foundation is not in God. And if you decide to shake yourself off from the authority of God, you can be a lean, fit, healthy glutton in that sense. So bear in mind, brethren, uh, gluttony is not about food. Gluttony is about the heart. I think the, write, the writer there, Martin Collins, uh, in, his art, in his online article that he has written, I've given the link there, where, uh, where, where he said this. Uh, I want to sum it up as I end here. He said that gluttony adversely affects our character in all areas of self-control, exhausting us of perseverance for good and draining us of resistance to evil. A man who is given to appetite has little or no willpower to resist his excessive cravings. He'll do anything for the object of his excessive desire. So this is a glutton. 
a glutton is the one who has an, a, a, a spiritual problem in his mind and his heart. It's not about the food. The food is just a picture. So I hope that I have uh, you know, given you a sign of relief that, uh, you know, that feel free to go and enjoy your food during the Christmas season. Uh, and don't worry about being a glutton. As long as you are not relying on the food to give you the comfort and that you know that God is in charge of your life. So a glutton is somebody who let other things, including food and drinks, to be in charge of him instead of God. So, well, uh, enjoy your Christmas break and eat if you want to eat by all means. And if you want to eat healthily during the Christmas period, you are also welcome to do so. And as long as you are not a glutton by biblical definition, don't worry about it. Uh, just eat. Thank you.